blessed Sunday to all of you, dear friends. You are tuned in to OLMC Sunday Best. This is a sharing of the Bible study group from the parish of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, Wan Chai, Hong Kong. Join us now in reflecting on this Sunday's liturgy for our life's nourishment. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, Today, we will be um, share, studying, okay, the 21st Sunday in ordinary time. So um, let us uh, begin with um, the uh, prayer, okay, the opening prayer, okay, the collect. Okay. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. O oh God, who calls the minds of the faithful to unite in a single Grant to people to love what you command and to desire what you promise, that amid the uncertainties of this world, our hearts may be fixed on that place where true gladness is found. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son, who lives and reigns with you, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. First reading. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, I know their works and their thoughts, and I come to gather nations of every language. They shall come and see my glory. I will set a sign among them. For them I will send fugitives to the nations to Tarshish, Put and Lud, Masok, Tubal, and Javan, to the distant coastlands that have never heard of my fame or seen my glory, and they shall proclaim my glory among the nations. They shall bring all your brothers and sisters from all the nations as an offering to the Lord, on horses and in chariots, in carts, upon mules and dromedaries to Jerusalem, my holy mountain, says the Lord. Just as the Israelites bring the offering to the house of the Lord in clean vessels. Some of these I will take as priests and Levites, says the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, um, for those who probably are new to to our Bible study gathering, Okay, the reading we just read is the first reading on the 21st Sunday, which is taken from Isaiah uh, uh, chapter 66, verse 18 to 21. Um, the book of Isaiah, okay, everybody knows that, okay, is a very famous and the longest uh, prophet book in the Old Testament. The major concern, the major theme of this uh, book would be about the Messiah. But of course, okay, why do we bring up Messiah? Because he, um, the Messiah will carry out, will fulfill, okay, the will of God on earth. Okay, that's that they, they put their hope in that. And um, chapter 66 is the last chapter, the last chapter of the book. And um, scholars are able to identify at least three, okay, different authors, at least, okay. Uh, the Probably the first part would be the first Isaiah, the original prophet Isaiah. 
And the second and the third would be his uh, disciples at different stages. So uh, chapter 66 would be the last stage. And it is something um, which, which took place, actually, uh, scholars believe that, okay, would be sometime uh, after or near the end of uh, the Babylonian captivity. That is to say, the Israelites were, this, uh, were conquered by the Assyrian, and later on, Judah was also conquered by the uh, Babylonian Empire. And so they were all exiled okay, to um, uh, Babylon. There, the Jew, Judah, okay, the, the Jewish people, they had an identity crisis because uh, where is the people of God, the chosen people of God? They have always been thinking about that, and then they treat themselves as the only chosen people of God. They trust in, uh, they, they trust that God will, will would uh, keep the promise. Okay, He made to the ancestor Abraham that okay they will have a, an everlasting kingdom. Especially, okay, the very famous um, Nathan's oracle during the time of King David. Okay, God promised King David that his empire will have no end, but now they will conquer. And so how would God keep his promise? So they put their hope on the Messiah. That is to say, God will keep the promise. Okay, although at the moment they will conquer. Okay, but they are very confident in the future, God would raise a Messiah, okay, to restore the kingdom of David. So this is what they have in mind. And so they work very hard to keep themselves pure. Okay. And then, uh, of course, later on, they, they are very confident that they're able to because they refuse to have intermarriage with the foreigners, with the Gentiles. They have very rigid uh, laws and all these things. And, okay, so, so this is the, the, the background they have in mind. They have this identity crisis and at the moment, they, they have been settled. However, um, when we read the last chapter of the prophet Isaiah, we find something rather, um, to a certain extent, disturbing. Uh, what, what, what do I mean by that? Today, we, only, we, we are only reading a small section of the whole of chapter 66. But if we read the whole chapter of chapter 66, we can see that it, it was um, actually an, an attack, an attack on the temple worship. Okay, it, well, I mean, so you, you have to read the whole thing, but we are here, we only read a part of it, but this small part is already very challenging. Now, what, what does that mean? Now, first of all, the, the Jews, they, they thought that they were the only people, they were the chosen people. But now, suddenly, today, they, 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 they heard about God will, you know, um, said, okay, um, I come to gather nations of every language, and I show them my glory, okay, show them brick signs. It's, it's something, you know, they, they don't expect, okay, yes, okay, fine, no problem. We are able to, to accept that, okay, God is going to, to show his glory overseas and everywhere, fine. Then we would be better. I mean, we, the chosen people, would be far more superior. Okay, they, they feel very happy. 
I will set a sign among them. Okay, that sign. Okay, Jerusalem is a sign, Mount Sinai, and then the temple. Ah, okay. So this is the sign. So they, they were thinking along this line. They feel very happy and secure. From them, I will send fugitives to nations. What, what does that mean? Well, who are those fugitives, and why fugitives? Actually, the fugitives means people who were able to um, to went through. I mean, they, they they were they were able to to go through the sufferings. They they caused the Babylonian captivity. You know, this this kind of sufferings. Okay, being conquered and something like that. So they are looking to the future. That God will send them, okay, to the nations. Why? Why should we go to the nations? Okay, we go to the to the other nations to show them glory. Okay, no problem. Okay, etc. etc. No problem because okay, we are going to proclaim God's glory among nations. Oh, we are very glad and happy to do that. But the last verse we we read today actually is not the last verse of the whole chapter. Which is verse twenty-one because we still have a few verses to go. We are reading of some of these. I will take as priests and Levites. What does that mean? How is it possible that Gentiles, foreigners? I mean, their, their blood is not clear, clean enough. They are they are not uh, you know unlike us. Their their blood their blood is uh, was impure, impure. How could they be priests and Levites to serve in the temple? Now this part. It's a little bit challenging. It's, it challenged their identity as God's people, God's chosen people. Okay, God made a promise to Abraham: we are the descendants of Abraham, and our blood is, is pure. Okay, we we descend from Abraham. So I mean, it, so and then we also have Levites, we have priests all along. No problem. We continue to. I mean, they they think that they will continue. To be priests and 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 Levites, and they they would be happy. But now we have outsiders. How can it be? You know. So to a certain extent, Isaiah is giving the, the the Jews a little warning. Life is not that simple. Life is is more than okay. What you understand, what you believe to be, there is something. Bigger, what and and this is actually this prophecy is actually a warning to them. They have to keep an open mind. Do not be uh, what should I say complacent and do not feel oh very comfortable. Okay, uh, yes, we suffer a while and then now our, our, our we we are you know we are uh, delivered by the Persian. Empire. We are returning to Jerusalem. We are going back to rebuild the temple. We'll restore the glory, etc., etc. So, okay, we will be very happy. Okay, very soon the Messiah will come and then to rule over the whole world, and then we will be, we will enjoy authority, and you know. But no, God has a a, a different plan. Okay, and then our plan, what we have, we are not doing God's will. Okay, the Jews. They were not doing God's will at the beginning. They they worship idol. Therefore, God punished them. God allowed the Assyrians, the Babylonians, to conquer them. They they have learned a little bit, but they have not learned, you know, fully enough. They still think that they are the only chosen people of God. 
Okay, this is their comfort zone. Okay, they are not able to, to, to climb out from that. And so the prophet Isaiah actually gave them this warning, okay, that do not think that, okay, you are the only chosen people, okay? You have to keep an open mind because, well, because God loves everybody, okay? It is, it is the Jews, it is the, the Israelites, you know, they, 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 they draw boundary and then say, we are pure blood, you are outsiders, you are Gentiles, you have no share, no inheritance in the kingdom of God in heaven. All right, that's what they have in mind because they, have, they, were, they, they were suffering from the, on, from the hands of the Gentiles, the Babylonians. I mean, so that, that's probably is a background, but we have to keep our mind open that we may make the same mistake like the Jews that, okay, oh, we are safe, okay? We believe in God, we're baptized, we believe in Jesus Christ, we have reserved a place in heaven. You know, like some of us, they claim about that. I, I suppose you remember this, uh, this, this joke that our, our previous CE, she claimed that, okay, she has place reserved in heaven. Well, I cannot say no. I cannot tell her that you have no place in heaven because I'm not God. Okay, God knows actually. <laughs> so yes, that that's, is what I would like to share with you. Okay, in this passage of Isaiah, that we have to keep our mind open. Thank you. Okay, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus passed through towns and villages, teaching as he went and making his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord. Will only a few people be saved? He answered them, Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I tell you, will attempt to enter, but will not be strong enough. After the master of the house has arisen and locked the door, then will you stand outside knocking and saying, Lord, open the door for us. He will say to you in reply, I do not know where you are from. And you will say, we ate and drank in your company and you taught us in our streets and you taught in our streets. Then he will say to you, I do not know where you are from. Depart from me, all you evildoers. And there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. When you see Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and you yourselves cast out. And people will come from the east and the west and from the north and from the south and will recline at the table in the kingdom of God. For behold, some are last who will be first and some are first who will be last. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Then you can see the connection here with the what uh, Prophet Isaiah mentioned previously, okay? The last verse in the prophet Isaiah says, some of these I will take as priests and Levites, says the Lord, exactly. So, okay, um, you will, you will uh, so from the gospel you can see, and people will come from the east and from the west, okay, the Gentiles, okay, the north and the south will recline at table. Recline at table means having supper, okay, eating together, enjoying 
the wedding banquet in the kingdom of God. Okay, and that's the reason why. Okay, uh, look here. Put down the some are first the Jews or the Israelites who will be last will be the last to enter the kingdom of heaven. That you know something is related. However, I must you know give ourselves a warning. We have to to be to be alert here because what what did these people say when they knock at the door? When when the Lord say, "I do not know you," okay, and then what did they say? They would say, "We ate and drank in your company, and you taught in our streets." What is that? It 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 immediately bring to my mind the Sunday mass we celebrate. Okay, the Sunday mass we celebrate. Okay, begins with the liturgy of the word. Okay, we have the reading, and then we have the homily. Okay. Preaching, teaching, okay, and after this, okay, we celebrate the liturgy of the Eucharist, okay. We we that the priest consecrates the, the bread and wine becomes the the body and blood of Jesus, and then we we claim this is the mystery of faith, and then we share the body and blood of, and the blood of Jesus Christ, and we receive the Holy Communion. Wait a minute, we are doing exactly like them, yet. Christ said, "I do not know where you come from. How can it be possible? We we, we are regular practicing Catholics. We, we do not. We are not simply CEO. Okay, we, we go to mass on Sundays and then we keep all the all the precepts of the of the church, right? Abstain and fast and support the church. Receive the Holy Communion. Go to confession, etc., etc. Okay, so what evil have we done? Okay, it says here." I do not know you. Okay, you can get depart from me, all you evil doers. So, what evil have we Catholics done? I think here is something that we should bear in mind. We have not done enough. Just like previously, remember, okay, the parable of the talent. Some were given five. I mean, one servant was given five, and and then he earned an extra five talents. The other two, and then earned two extra talents. So what's wrong with the third, the third servant? We read this, okay, last time. What's wrong? He buried, okay, the talent. He did not make good use of it. And therefore, when Jesus said, okay, all you evil doers, probably he's telling us that we are doing evil if we do not make good use of the talents God has given us. What does God want us to do with these talents? To serve the needy, to help the poor. I mean, if if we simply go to church on Sunday, receive the sacraments, and then abstain, donate money to the church, and etc., etc., and do not involve in some sort of charitable work, we call this call. We call this what? Um, corporal works of mercy, which is mentioned in Matthew chapter twenty-five. Okay, Jesus mentioned about six kind of people. Okay, Jesus did not ask. Okay, the king, the king did not ask the the sheep and then go and tell them, "Hey, did you go to church?" No, he didn't ask them. And then the, the king didn't ask, "Are you baptized?" No, he didn't ask this question. Instead, he asked, "Have you made good use of the opportunities I I I gave you when you are alive?" 
When you are alive, I gave you opportunity to love me through loving those needy people. And that's the reason why, okay? If we do not make good use of this, talents given by God, we are doing evil. Okay, so this is probably what Jesus meant. And this is probably what he meant by, I do not know you because, okay, I, I stay with the needy. I'm in the homeless, in the backers, in those, uh, uh, you know, janitors, you know, outsourcing janitors. You did not come to meet me. You do not know me. I think this is uh, what Jesus tried to tell us, that we should make good use of the talents he has given us. If we do not, then we are doing evil. Yeah. Uh, this, this is a point I would like to share with you. And about the narrow gate is a very interesting image because it said it's the strong I think uh, I would say because the gate is narrow, right? So, I mean, uh, if you're too fat, you cannot go through. You, you have to, to slim yourself a little bit. So I think what Jesus is trying to say is, you know, get rid of all those unimportant things. What is the priority in our, our life? Okay. Is it money? Is it power? Is it uh, wealth? Or is it? Esteem, is it what? Okay. Knowledge, wisdom? No. These are extra things. It makes you, you know, fat, make you big. You are not slim enough to go through the narrow gate. Okay. Throw away all this. Throw away the money. Throw away the power. Throw away your knowledge. Throw away your, all these things. Okay. Then you will become slim enough. How do you throw them away? You throw them away. By spending your time and energy and money on loving the needy, then you will become slim, uh, well, strong. <laughs> okay. Perhaps this is the image, okay, Jesus would like to build into us. Thank you. Perhaps we should go to uh, the second reading now, okay, the letter to the Hebrews. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Chapter 12, verse 5 to 7, 11 to 13. Brothers and sisters, you have forgotten the exhortation addressed to you as children. My son, do not disdain the discipline of the Lord or lose heart when reproved by him. For whom the Lord loves, he disciplines his good every son he acknowledges. Endure your trials as discipline. God treats you as son. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? At the time, all discipline seems a cause not for joy, but for pain. Yet later, it brings the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who are trained by it. So strengthen your drooping hands and your weak knees. Make straight path for your feet, that what is lame may not be disjointed, but healed. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to Thanks God. Be to God. Uh, allow me to to um, to share this first, okay? And then actually, I think I think uh, uh, those who, who read the passages, they they themselves have uh, their thoughts and um, to share. But we leave it to the to the end, okay? Um, 
As for this um, letter to the Hebrews, it answers the question that every one of us has. The question is, is like that. Why do good people suffer? Okay, I think this is a, a very natural question. We expect, okay, uh, evil people to be punished by God and then good people to be, you know, uh, rewarded by God, okay, because of the good work they've done. And then it is, it is a, a perpetual uh, mystery that, you know, we, we try to understand why do good people suffer? Okay, why, why does God allow good people to suffer? Or why does God send punishment? you know, uh, disasters to good people. It has a long history, actually, all the way back to in the Old Testament, the story of Job. I think everybody, you know, knows that uh, uh, very well. Okay, he has done everything right, everything good, you know, and then he receives disasters. And then his friends came to comfort him and then, you know, trying to figure out and giving an answer to, um, to comfort him. How to comfort him? By finding out an answer, an explanation of his suffering. And then, okay, hopefully after knowing the explanation, he would feel, you know, better. You know, so this is the way his friends try to comfort him. But now, I mean, if you read the, the, the second reading today, the letters of Hebrews, he also answered this question. Now, in his, in his writing, he explained that sufferings is good. Suffering is something good because God is not punishing us. God loves us. God disciplines us. Now, this is the point. Actually, there is a verse which we, uh, we do not read, okay, which is verse number eight. If you read verse number eight, you will find that it is really very challenging because he says, if we do not suffer, we are not Children of God, we are bastards. Wow, he used the word, you know, a, a very harsh word, okay, that we are bastards. How, how can he be bastards? Well, <laughs> but uh, he, he, a little bit exaggerated, but he's just telling us that, okay, so he scourges every son he acknowledged, okay, and therefore if we do not receive these disciplines, okay, we are not truly the children of God. And so he, uh, that's, that's one way of explaining the sufferings, and it is really uh, very enlightening. We should be, you know, glad and happy to receive these sufferings because through these sufferings, we will be slimmer, we will give giving up some bad habits, we will be, you know, doing God's will. We learn, you know, from these uh, frustrations and, and failures and sickness and all these things. We learn a lot of things from that. And then we understand, you know, God's loves better. And then we'll become slimmer and then we'll be able to go through, you know, the gates, the salvation. Okay, um, I think I've spoken too much. So, so, so everybody, okay, share your thoughts, please. Um, um, I did the first reading and... Um it's also because partly I'm reading it tomorrow. And when I received it, I kind of had a weary mind because the words are very challenging. But at the same time, what was more challenging is actually the passage itself. Um, 
because um, it's an, a very short extract from um, the whole section of um, Isaiah, the book of Isaiah. And mm-hmm. as Deacon has quite rightly said, it's actually quite a challenging um, section of the Bible, which I, for the first time, I've actually really had to do some very proper preparation for it or for today's <laughs> session um, to be able to kind of come to terms with it because it's just so um, extracted that it, if you don't read the before, um, you just wouldn't be able to go, okay, why is this appearing? Um, but then actually I find that this uh, weekend, this Sunday's readings um, from the first, second and the gospel, it actually all beautifully links up together. Um, yes. And as horrible as it may seem, um, and it's not just all cherries and roses, it's actually, it's not as bad as I think it is. Even though they use the word discipline, I would like to maybe use it, maybe use a different word called challenges. Um, (laughs) God is giving you challenges to grow because actually, if you don't get challenged, you never know, you never learn a new skill. You never learn something, a different perspective. Um, And in that, actually, it leads to the overall where they keep training you because what God wants to do with you or what God wants you to do for him you will eventually need to keep doing it. It's not a one-off thing where um, you you do it and then you don't have to do it again. And I find it um, it's very meaningful for me this week because I actually am going through a career transition, hopefully, and I couldn't make sense of it. And when I did my CV, then I realized because in the last eight years, all the challenges that I've had has actually helped me get to where I am now. And I am very grateful for all the difficult situations and and the difficult people that I've met. Um, They've actually helped me grow. And even though that I might be very upset with them at the end of the day initially, but eight years down the line, I actually am very grateful. And I'm actually very grateful for God allowing me the opportunity to grow. Um, The growth for me might be very slow. It's taken a long time, but... I, I truly believe everybody has a season and it takes time. There's no a certain set time. Um, but um, well, I just want to say that, yes, it's on, on face value. The words used in this week's readings are quite scary. But actually, it's actually a very beautiful message that God is trying to always be there and help you. And um, I like the example that Deacon used Um and I was kind of going through it in my mind. I'm like, wait, but at the beginning of the Bible, God said, you can eat whatever you want in the garden and life will be really easy. And then somehow, suddenly I need to go through a very narrow gate and comply with all these disciplines. And I kind of go, yeah, okay. So basically I went and ate this cookie that God told me not to have this cookie. I got fat and now I have to go and lose weight. Um, and that applies to everything in my life that like, yeah, I've allowed myself to be spoiled. Um, and he's just helping me to get on a better um, path mentally, physically. Um, but at the end of the day, the, the real thing that really matters is what your heart is, how your heart is, how you help others and how you help the world. He's actually helping your heart go on a diet and an exercise because when your heart is in the right place, you will make the best decisions for everybody else around you and you'll be able to help them. Um, and you won't even realize it, but you will be able to make somebody's day better. Um, so that's all I want to share. Thank you. 
<laughs> yes, I mean, this is the last word of the second reading. Look at that. The last word of the second reading. We will be healed, okay, by all these challenges, disciplines, you know, something like that. It's, it's very good, yeah. All right, yeah. The others, please be generous and share. Hello, this is Derma. Derma here. <laughs> so I would like to share Deepa. Good afternoon, everyone. I would like to share also my thought. My thought is that if we will be enjoying all the pleasures in life, we might not think of God anymore. <laughs> so if we are sons of God and God loves us, then he lets us share his sufferings to us through his discipline. Jennifer called it the cha our challenges in life. That is maybe his discipline so that all our thoughts and our actions will be guided. Because sometime in my life, I'm already old deacon. Sometime in my life, I had this question. There are so many people in the world. Will God still see what I do? <laughs> so, so with that in mind, because I received some challenges also in life, and I, I am now reaping the, the fruits of these challenges now, uh, I can say that God is really in each and every one of us because I have my challenges. And then after the challenges, I enjoyed its fruits, something like that. So I, I want to thank God of all these challenges in life. Because had it not been for this, this discipline, as we read in the Bible, I will not be following God. I will not be going to church. I will not be uh, joining joining the uh, groups to for to do some works of mercy. So because because I know God is looking at me, even if there are so many people in the world. So I have, so I so I wanted also to to enter the narrow gate. So I have to slim myself. Through joining, <laughs> joining these uh, works of mercy, loving the needy, sharing my, you know, what I have and everything. So that's it. That's only my sharing, Deacon. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Deacon, I've um, a sharing. I really like um, the second reading. Being a mom, hmm. when I was reading, like, for well, what son is there whom his father does not discipline? Hmm. And I don't know whether um, you're a Chinese and I'm Chinese. And when I was uh, disciplined or when I was bringing up my three children, I always say, now I'm nagging you. Because I'm your mother, I love you and I want you to be good. Do you think I will care about other children on the street? No. <laughs> we always say we always have this uh, saying. I mean, the Chinese. Yeah. I don't know about. I so, think this is universal. This is universal. Okay, <laughs> all all over the world. Yes. All yeah. Over yeah. I mean, God loves everyone, but. He really needs to discipline his children, son, daughter, or whatever. So I think the second passage, and also uh, apart from just being a Catholic or, as you say yourself, like CEO, go to mass, 
I think uh, every Sunday when we say um, things that we have failed to do, I think that's, I mean, like charity things, things that we have neglected, that we have seen, and then we say, oh, no, um, well, this is not obligation, and I I won't be seen if I don't do it, or things like that. So um, I really agree with what you say, that we have to participate more in charity work, not just sort of going to mass, saying prayers. No, no, no. Yeah, more than that. We, we need to do more, more than. Yeah. This, the, this is just a minimum requirement by the church. Mm-hmm. The, the, the five or six, I mean, the five precepts. Or it's the minimum requirement. We can do more than that. Of course, we want to do more. Yeah. This is my share. Thank you, Deacon. Yes. Thanks for sharing. Okay. Yes, please. The others. Okay. Let me let me say, share my thoughts. Um, Thank you. The way I linked um, the gospel to the discipline and the rest is uh, that um, you know, in the gospel, it says that you know you, we look at the people who eat and drink with Jesus, and then go to and then be taught by him. But Jesus still say that I don't know where you come from. You know, yes. so apparently that is not good enough. You know, just doing that is not good enough. So we need to do more things. Um, and in doing those things that um, God wants us to do, there were a few things that I, I uh, that came to my mind. First, those things are. Those things are against the way the world works, so that's why we are suffering. Um, and just like he did as well, right? He was also rejected and so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, as uh, uh, I think Jennifer or Dilma shared, when you look back, you realize that those suffering or discipline, he, he so-called discipline, actually makes us grow. And... Um, as a child of God, I always feel that the two characteristics of a child is like, first, you're very trusting, right? So we trust the Lord. Whatever we don't understand, we also trust him. The second thing is the child grows. So if you stop growing, you are not, you have no life, you know, there's no more life. So um, I think all these things, all the sufferings, all the challenges he gave us, um, they are challenges because it's not the way the world works. And, but on hindsight or as we, we know in our hearts, right, that we have a small step of growth. And that makes makes us very joyful, right? I don't know about you, but I do. Lah, huh? So I, I feel that God doesn't really need us to do very big things or, or be very successful the way that the world defines it. But he just wants us to be very faithful, um, which, in, which in a way means obedient, you know. That means uh, just obey whatever he tells you to do. And that's enough, you know. Um, you know, in the first reading, there was a sentence that actually bothers me quite a lot. And it says that we bring the, the brothers and sisters from all nations as an offering, you know. Uh, ah, and, okay. yeah. Yeah, I was thinking to myself, oh, you mean we are just offerings for the Jews or what, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I see God, you know, God is like directing this big epic drama called the Salvation History. And then the key characters, he's already picked the persons, right? Like Abraham, Noah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, David. And then we are just the offerings. We are the, 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 the rest of the cast. So he, that's why he always said that you can always choose to participate or don't participate. It's up to you. You have free will. But to my mind, it's like I'm just a supporting cast. I'm a nobody, you know. 
So I'm just an offering, for example. So that bothers me, you know, for for some well, time. <laughs> well, I, I, I think, uh, yeah, I should spend some time to, to explain this uh, background a little bit more. Um, now, now, first of all, um, why do people, you know, sacrifice and offer to God? Yes, Sushant, you may. To please God, isn't it? You, you offer a sacrifice. Yeah, we, we offer sacrifice back to God, all right? So, yeah. I mean, yeah, all, all religion, all, all, no matter, I mean, if you believe in God, some kind of God, okay, you always offer, you know, some sacrifice yeah. to God, right? Yeah, but uh, you have to be very careful with this offering because in some religion, the offering is, in fact, <laughs> a kind of um, bribery. Bribery, you know, bribery, okay, I, I give you a little and I, I would like you to give me back a lot more. You know, they, they want to, to, to bribe their, their, their gods. You know, that's the difference between, you know, worship, I mean, idol worship and true religion. For the, for the Israelites and in, in, in the, I mean, the Bible and all along, when they offer sacrifice, they offer the best. Okay, they offer the best. To God, okay, in return of a, a kind of um, uh, gratitude, okay. Now that's the reason why in the Genesis chapter four, Genesis chapter four about Cain and Abel, right? Cain offers something to God. God, mm, it's not good enough. Why? Because the heart of Cain is not good. He is not offering the best to God. Okay, he perhaps he reserved the, the best for himself. Okay, these are the things I'm not going to eat, I'm not going to use. Okay, I burn it to God, okay, offer to God. So I mean God doesn't like this kind, it's not it's, it's not sincere. You are doing some uh, uh, outward sign, some kind of basic requirements, you know, going to church on Sunday, okay, required by the church, you know, but your heart is not sincere. You're not giving the best of your time, the best of your 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 uh, what, uh, effort, the best of your whatever, talent, okay, to God. Okay, God observe, of course, God accepts it, okay, but God is not pleased with it. Whereas Abel, okay, the younger brother perhaps, okay, he, he, he offered up the best. Okay, the Israelites usually offer up the first fruit, okay. Nowadays, we talk about those virgin oil, right? <laughs> those olive oil, the virgin oil, the best, the first, you know. So when, when you read about these, they shall bring all brothers and sisters from all the nations as an offering to God, which means, okay, we, we give back to God the best. Okay, so uh, I hope you will feel better <laughs> after knowing that offering to God. Now, that's the reason why in, in Mass, Mass is a sacrifice, it's an, it's, you know, it's an offering. So we offer to God Jesus Christ, the Son of God himself, right? Of course, we, cannot, we, we can only do it through a sacrament, through, you know, uh, bread and wine. But this bread and wine has, after the blessing, it becomes, you know, Jesus Christ. We offer to God the best, 
on earth, which is the Son of God himself. I hope you understand this mystery here. So I hope you don't feel offended or troubled by this sentence. All the nations are sent. No, you know, brothers. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm no, I'm no longer troubled because I, I was looking at how Peter asked Jesus, uh, "What about John?" You know, and <laughs> he said, "Why do you bother? What is that of your business? It is none of your business." So I guess <laughs> whatever I cannot explain, I will say, "Well, you know, you just accept that is this case." You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, would it make sense that, like, I don't know, I, I think um, earlier the lady made, made, made a really good point, actually. If she reads the f- uh, earlier chapters of um, the Isaiah, actually, yes, she mentioned a good point um, that uh, God has actually given us everything. And so we can't, like, whatever we offer, he he already has so why how do you make him happy or whatever so he just actually wants a contrite heart and so um people who actually genuinely loves him and follows what he says or acts upon it um but the word offering um and as deacon quite rightly said the other religions is like an act of bribing it's like you give me something i give you something back i'm hoping you will give me something back but i would like to say that um i don't know whether this is the right way to view it but i think um well, my relationship with God, I always feel like it's a very um, parental one. So mm-hmm. when I offer something to God, it's like a child who's gone to kindergarten that day and made <laughs> a very nice piece of artwork and went home and go, daddy, daddy, mommy, mommy, look at what I've done. And actually, <laughs> to daddy, mommy, that just looks silly, right? Because obviously that's a, ki- that's a, a kindergarten's piece of art. But what brings joy to the parent is actually seeing the child enjoying having done that and actually being very proud of it. And I think God wants us to be able to be joyful and bring joy. I think that's what he wants to see us when we go to church at the end of every week on the Sunday going, right, this week I had joy doing this and I'm offering this to you because you allowed me to have joy and enjoyed it and achieved it. And I think that is instead of what I see sacrifice, like dead lambs on the table altar. I think my, my, my way of seeing it is going telling God, this is what I achieved this week. And thanks to you, I had a great time doing it. Lovely. So, yeah. yes. Thank, Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Um, all right. Okay. Because I, I do not want you to drag on and then <laughs> otherwise our audience online probably will be, will be bored with that. Okay, perhaps uh, we should uh, end up today here. So let's finish this with the uh, responsorial psalm, please. Go out to all the world and tell the good news. Praise the Lord. Go out to all the world and tell the good, tell news. The good news. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Glorify him, all you peoples. Go out to all the world and tell the good news. For the steadfast is his kindness toward us, and the fidelity of the Lord endures forever. Go out to all the world and tell the good news. Okay, the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. And may the almighty and merciful God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Thank you for tuning in to OLMC Sunday Best. Please join us again next week for another episode. Have a blessed Sunday, everyone.